All aboard! Hello, everyone. Out of all of the Disney podcasts, The Mouse and Me is one of them. If, if you're a new listener, welcome, and if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Either way, I'm happy that you're here. Today's episode is another Magical Moments, which is different from the interview episodes. These shorter episodes make it easier for me to do a deep dive on things such as hidden details in the parks, food, and attractions. And this episode is all about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at Disney's Hollywood Studios at the Walt Disney World Resort. On January 27th, 2023, three days before my birthday, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway will open at Disneyland Park in Anaheim. This attraction will be almost a carbon copy of the ride at Walt Disney World with a few changes, so once it opens and I ride it, maybe I'll do an update. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is a first-of-its-kind attraction. This trackless dark ride takes guests inside the wacky and unpredictable world of a Mickey Mouse cartoon short using state-of-the-art technologies and some super cool visual effects to transform the cartoon world into an incredible and immersive multi-dimensional experience. I'd like to start with these five fun facts. Number one, the sound effects you hear throughout the attraction are all created the old-fashioned way, by hand. Number two, the train whistle is made from the exact same tritone whistle originally used in Steamboat Willie from 1928. This is significant because Steamboat Willie was Mickey's big screen debut and Runaway Railway is Mickey's big ride debut. Walt Disney Imagineer Charita Carter said, As a design team, we were able to use sound effect equipment and tools from the Walt Disney archives to create some of the sounds you hear throughout the attraction. Number three, the 10 posters in the attraction's queue were created specifically for this attraction by Disney Television Animation. While one of them is for Perfect Picnic, the movie you start to watch in the attraction, the nine other posters were from existing Mickey Mouse cartoon shorts. Number four, throughout the queue, attraction, and exit area, you'll notice that hidden Mickeys abound. In fact, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway has the most hidden Mickeys of any other Disney attraction to date. More to come on those hidden Mickeys. And lastly, number five, the Disney Fab Five, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Pluto, and Goofy, make appearances in this attraction along with Pete and Daisy Duck. There's also a brand new character that was created specifically for this ride, and his name is Chuby, C-H-U-U-B-Y. He's a resident of Runamuck Park and is a Broadway song and dance bird. His original name was supposed to be Chubby, but there was a spelling mistake in Imagineering during the design process. They spelled his name with two U's instead of two B's, and they decided to leave his name as Chuby because they felt it better fit the look of the character and the whole train theme. Choo Choo? Chuby? It was kismet. Moving on to the plots. Not the Yiddish word, but the plural for plot. The main plot has us following Mickey and Minnie on their way to a perfect picnic. As they go over a set of bumpy railroad tracks on their sporty roadster, Pluto and a pie go airborne, and the pie lands in the smokestack of Goofy's train. Of course, chaos ensues, 
you'll narrowly miss disaster after disaster as you stampede through the Wild West, visit a carnival, avoid a swirling twister, escape from an erupting volcano, and plummet over a waterfall. The subplot is all about Pluto trying to catch up to Mickey and Minnie as he's carrying the picnic basket, so keep your eyes peeled in these scenes and you'll see Pluto somewhere. If you've listened to some of the interviews on The Mouse and Me, you know that I love hidden Mickeys. Having said that, here are just a few. In the lobby, before you enter the pre-show, there's an amazingly intricate and beautiful light fixture with a full Mickey Mouse hidden in the design. Once you're in the pre-show queues, have a look up at those light fixtures and you might notice hidden Mickey profiles in each section of the light. Lastly, when you're in the theater waiting for Perfect Picnic to start, have a look at the planters on the Chinese theater screen and you'll see some hidden Mickeys. Now before I get into the Easter eggs, I should mention that there are so many in this attraction and your experience finding and seeing them will vary depending on the train car that you're in. There are four cars, so hopefully you'll be able to sit in a different one each time you board Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. In the very first scene, you're in Runamuck Park. Walt Disney was inspired to build Disneyland while watching his daughters ride a carousel during a father-daughter outing at Griffith Park in Los Angeles. If you look behind the fountain, up on a hill, you'll see an orange and white carousel. This is a perfect nod to Walt's inspiration. Just below and to the left of the carousel, you'll see a quadruplet tandem bike filled with passengers that rides by. If you look closely, you'll see them dressed in different colored striped vests and hear them singing in beautiful four-part harmony because they're the Dapper Dance. Also in that scene, there's a directional sign that has an arrow pointing to Yen Sid Valley. Yen Sid Valley is the name Walt gave the plateau of land in his backyard where he had his miniature train set. Yensid is also a special reference to the sorcerer's name in Fantasia and is Disney spelled backwards. Lastly, you'll see a lot of numerical digits throughout the attraction, and they all hold some sort of significance. The first one appears overhead as you leave Runamuck Park. That 1928 sign refers to the year Mickey Mouse was created. Scene 2, The Wild West. Throughout this scene, you'll see hidden Mickeys in the form of cacti. Also, if you're in the third or fourth vehicle, you'll have time to see Mickey and Minnie lasso each other while on their horses. Once lassoed, vultures appear above and then next to them. This is a throwback to the vultures in Disney's very first full-length animated feature film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Incidentally, vultures also appear on the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at Walt Disney World and Snow White's Enchanted Wish at Disneyland in Anaheim. Scene 3, The Carnival. There's a lot to unpack in this scene. On the right side, once you enter the room, there's a poster promoting Sky High. That's a nod to the Disney film of the same name from 2005 starring Kurt Russell and Wonder Woman herself, Linda Carter. There's a poster to the left of Donald Duck's hot dog cart advertising the Great Moving Ride, which is a play on words to the building's former inhabitant, the Great Movie Ride. Be sure to have a look at the characters on that poster. They all have their hands up in the air, and that's a reference to the Footlight Parade scene with the chorus girls from The Great Movie Ride. Another nod to The Great Movie Ride is on the big blue banner, which is front and center, right above Donald's hot dog cart. The banner says, Chills, Thrills, Spills. On the Journey into the Movie's marquee, it said a cast of thousands, a sweeping spectacle of thrills. Chills. Is it coincidence? I don't think so. 
Another neat Easter egg in this scene is the fortune teller sign above the tent just to the left of the huge popcorn box. The sign reads, Miss Fortunes. This is a nod to the original name of Misadventure Falls at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon Water Park. Fun facts. This water slide is one of the longest rides in a Florida water park, and it's also the first water park attraction to incorporate an animatronic figure in the form of a parrot. Lastly, Potato Land is a Mickey Mouse short and is notably a special double-sized episode at 7 minutes in length. It aired on November 18th, 2013 to celebrate Mickey's 85th birthday. Also, Potato Land is a parody of Disneyland. Well, tucked away in a corner of the carnival scene on the left, in between the Frontier Toss and the Bounce House, you'll see a poster for Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, Potato Land style. This potato is sporting Abe Lincoln's beard and hat. Scene 4, The Tornado. The tornado sequence is a throwback to the Wizard of Oz portion of the great movie ride. On the tornado itself, among the debris, is a mailbox that reads, No Place Like Home. There's also a trumpet in the tornado that references the band concert, a Disney animated short film from 1935, which had musical instruments flying around in, you guessed it, a twister. Incidentally, the band concert was also the very first Mickey Mouse cartoon that was in color. The musical instrument also references Mickey's Philharmagic at the Magic Kingdom, where the instruments in Mickey's orchestra get swirled around thanks to the magic of the sorcerer's hat. Scene 5. The Tropical Island, Waterfall, and Underwater After the volcano erupts on the tropical island, each train car moves into its own waterfall. After that sequence, the cars back out of their respective rooms where you'll find yourself underwater. Towards the right, you'll see a giant squid playing the trumpet. This squid references the giant squid in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Finding Dory. The Sewer Pipe Transition After the underwater scene, you end up traveling through the sewers to get to the next scene. As you're traveling through the sewer, look up and you'll see a sign with 1901 on it. That's a reference to Walt Disney's birth year. Scene 6, The Busy City. There's a lot to unpack here as well. Imagineers hid so many Easter eggs here relating to the Walt Disney Company. The first one you might spot is on the billboard on top of the building that's in front of you as you enter the scene. On the bottom right of the sign, it says ink and paint. Back in the days of hand-drawn animation like the original Mickey Mouse shorts, the ink and paint department was responsible for adding color to the animator's drawings. This billboard pays tribute to these artists. Also on this billboard, in the middle of the pink bottle, you'll see a hidden Mickey. If you look back towards the sewer, you'll see the iWorks and UWorks waterworks, which pays tribute to Disney Imagineer Ub iWorks, who is credited with drawing Mickey Mouse for the first time. Also on the right, there's an ice cream shop, and in the marquee, you'll see a hidden Mickey made out of the pink ice cream on top of the cone. The roadblocks surrounding Jackhammer Pete are labeled as Rafferty's Roadblocks after Imagineer Kevin Rafferty, who is one of the lead Imagineers for this attraction. To the left of Jackhammer Pete is a flower shop, and the address on the sign, 1401, pays tribute to the Imagineers. Walt Disney Imagineering is located at 1401 Flower Street in Glendale, California. Above Donald Duck's dancewear delivery truck is a clothesline with three items of clothing hanging from it. The shirt all the way to the left it has a Mickey Mouse on it. 
The license plate on the front of Donald's delivery truck says TVA. The handle at Disney TVA is the Twitter handle for Disney Television Animation, the makers of the Mickey Mouse shorts. To the left of Donald's truck is Carter's Cameras, which is named for Imagineer Charita Carter, who has a photography hobby, and Holt's Coffee Shop after the Mickey Mouse series art director Joseph Holt. A poster by the shops advertises the Jolly Gallery, named for early Imagineer and art director Stan Jolly, who worked on Disneyland classics including the Autopia Ride in Tomorrowland and the interiors of Sleeping Beauty Castle in Fantasyland. On your left is the Retlaw Parking parking garage. Retlaw was the corporation that the Walt Disney family created after Wed Enterprises was sold to Walt Disney Productions. Retlaw used to own the monorail at Disneyland as well as the Disneyland Railroad until they were bought back by the Walt Disney Company in 1983. Retlaw is also Walter spelled backwards. This was a common alias for Walt Disney. The restaurant sign on the building at the end of the street on the left, Maison du Soli, is French for House of Mouse, which used to be a program on the Disney Channel. Thank you, Adria and Didier, for helping me with the pronunciation of that. And as you're about to enter Daisy's Dance Studio, there's a newspaper stand on the left with a headline that reads, Oswald Wins. This is a nod to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, a cartoon character created by Walt Disney in 1927 that predates Mickey Mouse. Scene 7, Daisy Duck's Dance Studio. In Daisy's Dance Studio, there are posters of famous ballets hanging on the walls, and one of them is the Nutquacker. There's a hidden Mickey at the top of the poster frame. The only other hidden Mickeys I was able to find in that scene, well, they're, they're not really hidden, is when the disco ball lights up. There are Mickeys everywhere. If you know of any others in this room, please email me or post about it on the Mouse and Me Facebook page. The Back Alley Transition. In the alleyway that connects Daisy's dance studio to the water treatment plant, you'll find the Brave Little Tailor Shop on the right. This is an Easter egg for the Brave Little Tailor short, which was produced in 1938 and featured Mickey Mouse in a battle against a giant. The far end of the large dumpster that's on your left is tagged with the names of the various Imagineers who worked on the project. There's also a hidden Mickey on a power box on the left, hiding right behind a trash can as you're leaving the alley. Scene 8, the water treatment plant. Just like in the busy city scene, you'll see a reference to Disney legend Ub Iwerks on a fountain that says, Iwerks Waterworks. Also, many of the gears and parts in the machines have Mickey's silhouette. The last scene, scene 9, the park. All of the fireworks in this last scene explode in the shapes of not-so-hidden Mickeys, and if you're musically and or rhythmically inclined, you notice that the train whistle blows and the fireworks explode in time to the music. The last Easter egg I found in this scene is located on the left as you round the very last corner. There's another directional sign that has an arrow pointing to Yensid Valley, just like in the very first scene, and there's a Mickey head in one of the other directional signs. As I mentioned earlier, Kevin Rafferty was one of the lead Imagineers for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Why do I bring this up again? Well, as the trains are entering Runamuck Station at the end of the ride, it was Rafferty's idea to send a, quote, shock through the seats as Goofy pulls the wrong lever, which is a fun little send-off as the attraction comes to the end. 
This shock is reminiscent of another send-off that guests get on a Walt Disney World attraction that Rafferty was a show writer for. It's tough to be a bug in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Think about it. Think about it. What happens in the seats at the super duper very end of it's tough to be a bug? Think about it. The bugs leave the theater first. Mm-hmm. And finally, as you exit the ride on your left, you'll find a promotional picture of Walt Disney aboard the Ernest S. Marsh at Disneyland. Walt loved trains. Mickey Mouse was conceived on a train Walt was on from New York to Hollywood. And the fact that the first Mickey Mouse attraction in a Disney park centers around trains is just perfect. Well, that's my deep dive on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at Disney's Hollywood Studios. I hope you loved it as much as I loved researching, remembering, writing, recording, and editing it for you. Please subscribe to the show, rate it and review it, and tell all of your friends. Be sure to tell your enemies as well. Thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you have the best day ever, and see you real soon.